Now that you've done all the work to actually win a government contract, how do you prepare to kick this off to make sure it's successful so that you can actually deliver on the promises you made in the contract? Well, that's what this podcast is about today. It's actually a very simple process, or at least in my mind, it's a very simple process. Whether you sell products or services, there's a couple of things that I recommend that you do. The first thing that I recommend you do is review the statement of work and contract terms. You have to know what you've promised you're going to do and when. That is the first thing that you need to do. Why do I recommend you do this? Because you likely filled out this RFP and chased this contract months ago and now you've won it and now you've got to execute on that. So that's why I'm saying review the statement of work and contract terms, refresh your mind on what this one is about. The next suggestion that I have is make a list of all the points of contact. I mean all the points of contact. I don't care if it's a janitorial contract and you've got 16 different people that are going to be cleaning a building. You need to make a list of everybody that's going to be involved in this project, what areas they're in, who their supervisors, project managers are, whatever it may be. You need to have a full comprehensive list of everybody that's going to be involved. If it's not a services contract and it's a product contract, the same thing needs to be done. Who are the suppliers that are going to be involved? What are those points of contact? Name, email address, phone number, all that sort of thing. If there is a bank involved because you have a credit line or whatever it may be. Who are those people? What are their names, phone numbers, email addresses, all that kind of stuff. So that again, you have a comprehensive list of everybody that could possibly be involved in that contract. And you have that at your fingertips and it goes into whatever project management, contract management system that you are using so that you know where that is. The next thing you need to do is set a meeting with all key personnel that will be involved. What I recommend is do this internally first and then externally with your teaming partners. I'm not saying repeat the entire meeting. If I just want a big contract or even if it was an IDIQ, whatever it is, I would sit down internally with my team, go through all the basics that I'm going to go through here with you in the next couple of minutes. Then I would say, look, this is how we're going to be working with teaming partner A, B, C, D, whatever. And our next step is we're going to have a similar call to this with our teaming partner to go through all of this again. But I want to have it internally with you so we could talk about the do's, the don'ts, the etiquette, all that kind of stuff, as well as what we're trusting them to do and why. So start internally, then go externally with these types of meetings. Did you know we have our own community for government contractors? It's called Federal Access. Just visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers and you can get 50% off your first month. This thing is packed full of all kinds of resources, templates, documents, strategy guides, everything you need to be a government contractor. And it gets you in our inner circle where you have direct access to myself and my partner, Josh Frank. So go check it out today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. The next thing that I recommend you do is simplify the statement of work in terms for your team so that they can understand it because you may not have everybody in the room who is technical in the area that you are serving the customer. So you have to be able to boil it down to something simple for that person that's in billing, for that person that's in customer service. You need to boil it down, make it super simple so that everybody can understand it. You can get on the same page. However, that doesn't mean you just toss the statement of work. You're going to be saying, look, here's 
Here's what we've agreed to. Here's when we said we would do it. Here's how we will be submitting invoices. Here's how we'll be running the contract, the systems, the software, all that kind of stuff. And then point two, and here are the details of the statement of work. But at a high level, this is what we're trying to accomplish for the customer and how we're going to go about that. And then again, you just have your minor details that are stuck in from the statement of work in there. So you want to be able to review all of that with the team. The next thing is you want to be able to review and address any challenges or obstacles that you foresee. Maybe you bid on this contract six, eight months ago and pricing has changed. Maybe you bid on this contract six, eight months ago and there's three people that were originally on your staff that are now gone. There could be a software that you had licenses for that you no longer have licenses for. There could be a software that, that's not being supported anymore. Let's say if it was a construction project, maybe you have a backhoe and it's broken and out of commission, but you haven't needed it for the other projects you're on and you got to go get a new one. There's all kinds of things like that that can happen between you submitting an RFP and winning it. And so review the challenges and obstacles that you have and figure out how as a team you're going to address them. The next one is if necessary, schedule a kickoff call with the customer. It's not always necessary. I've seen situations, especially in the product area where a customer is buying, let's say they're buying, you know, $25,000 in power strips, which that happens, right? They're buying that. You probably don't need a kickoff call with the customer. If you do, it's a fraction of the amount of time that a bigger contract, a technical services contract is going to take. It could be as simple as just reaching out to your point of contact and letting them know, hey, we've gathered all the power strips. We've boxed them up. We're ready to get those sent out. I just wanted to confirm the shipping address, billing, invoicing, whatever. And that could be your kickoff call. It's really almost like a confirmation of what you're doing. So if necessary, schedule an in-depth kickoff call with your customer. If not, it may be something much shorter like I just outlined for you. And then the final step, which is really the heart of the work, is assigning the work. What PMs are going to be involved? What other roles are going to be involved? Do we need to do some recruiting because we've got to do some staffing? Do we need to engage our teaming partner right away because they're providing 35% of the staff or whatever it may be? So I highly encourage you to follow this process every single time you are kicking off a new contract. What you probably want to do is create a very simple checklist based on your individual individual needs. Again, if your products or service-based are a combination of both, you're going to have some different things that you want to add to that checklist. I also recommend that you do find a way that you run these projects every single time. Outline what your process is from contract win to delivery. What does that look like in your business? What's that roadmap going to be? What's that customer journey? Whatever you want to call it. What is that? What tools do you need in place for tracking? All those sort of things. It could be as simple as a spreadsheet. It could be more complicated like project management software. It could be smart sheets. It really doesn't matter if it's super, super simple. You still need to be tracking it to say, we won the order. We delivered on the order. Customer's happy and we've been paid. You need to be able to track that process so that you know that. And at a moment's notice, I can say, where are we at with contract ABC? And you can say, we've delivered 7%. We initially thought we had all the power strips, but we were short about $10,000 worth of power ships. So the second 
second package just left the facility today. We've invoiced the first one. The second invoice is going out on the 15th and I expect us to be paid by, you know, the 30th or whatever it is, right? You, know, you need to be able to, to know all of that information at a moment's notice. And if there's any sort of hiccups, you need a process for navigating that. Let's say there is a problem with the power strips because the manufacturer of the power strips didn't make enough. There's a parts problem or whatever. You need to figure out how are you going to handle those situations? What's the process for that when it doesn't move? You've got an employee on site and the customer calls you up and says, hey, this is not working out. They're not showing up on time. The quality of work is not well. Or here's another one. That employee just quits on you. They found another job. They had a change of life of some sort and they just decided to go off and do something different. You need to have a process on the back end to handle situations like that that are exceptions to a smooth project. And if you have all of that stuff, I think you'll find that you can deliver very, very easily, whether it's a product or a service, you'll deliver it very easily, very quickly, very efficiently. More importantly, you'll make your customers super, super happy. One of the things that I recommend if you're listening to this podcast today is to go listen to episode 224. It's called Five Habits of Successful Government Contractors. It's just going to layer in a bunch more good habits for you. And I highly recommend you go listen to that next. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Game Changers. If you did, please go like and share this episode on your social media, as well as rate and review the episode. That helps other government contractors find out about the podcast and benefit just like you. We'll see you next time.